I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Uh, we are drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid as we always do another week. Uh, we actually have football on the field. I mean... DeAndre Swift is cutting fools up. TJ Hawkinson is cut up. And Grifka's favorite golf course, the West Hills, has been cut. So we'll <laughs> talk all about that. And we've got, uh, I'm excited we got football back, but I'm really excited because we got Logan Lamarandier from SI All Lions on the show again. Logan, how are you doing this week? Doing good, guys. How are you two doing? Real good. I know Grifka's doing good. Doing good. Doing good. I can answer for him. <laughs> uh, but uh, we appreciate you coming on. Like I say, it's been about a month since we had you on, and a lot has changed, man. We've got uh, live practices going on. I think I saw our Detroit Lions in pads uh, the other day, which is crazy. So I'm excited about that. Um, we've got some questions for you today. Love to get your opinion on the team. So we don't mess around on the show, as I often say. We'll dive right into it. So, Griff, I'll take this first question. Throw it Logan's way. And Logan, this is tailored just for you. You had some Jonathan Williams love going on yesterday when the Lions signed this guy. I mean, uh, probably our sixth running back at this point. I saw you tweeting out. You were all excited about it. Uh, Tell us what was going on and why you love this pickup so much. Yeah, so, you know, every year in the draft, there's always players you like more than most. And Jonathan Williams when he came into the NFL, he was on my list of, you know, targets I think the Lions should look at. And a lot of it was due to the fact that both his sophomore and junior year, he was super productive. He was, has great balance and is a lot more explosive than you typically see for a power back. But he just, at the NFL level, just like when he was at Arkansas, he missed his senior year due to injury, had an ankle injury, I believe. And then he's kind of struggled throughout his three years in the NFL with injuries as well. But you saw him last year, get some extended time. And I'll preface it by saying he was rushing behind the Indianapolis Colts offensive line, which is one of the better ones in the league, but he had two 100 yard games on, you know, just over 50 carries. Um, So he, he can be productive and he still shows flashes of what I saw in college where he's able to break tackles. 
Um, pro football focus even had him last year. Yes. Limited sample size, but he had the second highest overall grade uh, for, at the running back position. And then also if you look at his elusive rating, which is basically how much, how frequently he's breaking tackles, he was in the top five of that as well. So he, he, I want to say he had 15 broken tackles on, you know, his around 50 rush attempts in the running game. So he's a guy that just, um, I think can provide value to Detroit. I don't necessarily know if he'll be able to steal a roster spot because everyone kind of has their defined roles. And I think given that he's a, considered more of a power back, I think he'll probably be battling more with Bo, Bo Scarborough. But I do think Williams is a little bit more versatile than Scarborough and has some more juice to him. So um, Scarborough is very explosive back in himself. But I just think Williams has a little bit more wiggle. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, Williams has been on three different teams in his three years career. So he is a journeyman. And I even said this in my tweet, you know, that I was hyping him up that I probably shouldn't be this excited, but I think there's some things to really like about Williams, especially over a guy like a West Hills who uh, he has never really done a ton in the NFL. He's kind of a strider, uh, not really a threat in open field where I just feel like Williams can kind of uh, provide just an element that the Lions have been missing. And he's at least he's shown flashes of having success in the NFL. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I feel like Jonathan Williams, you know, he came in, he got washed out of Buffalo pretty quick. Then he was down at the saints. You know, everybody said he's going to maybe be in this, in this mix to get touches. He was cut from there pretty quick. Um, the thing that drives me crazy is, well, what are we bringing in another running back for when that's actually one of our strengths now? Hey, hey, Bob Quinn, how about some pass rush? I don't know, maybe from the edge. Like, I, I feel <laughs> like we just don't even worry about edge rushers whatsoever. It's just driving me crazy. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I like your enthusiasm. I mean, here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, I mean, uh, we, we often uh, drink it in on most players. And I can see you're doing that on Jonathan Williams. So uh, keep it up. <laughs> yeah, every once in Drink a while. It if, in, I can, <laughs> if I can get hyped up on a player, and uh, like you said, I don't know if they necessarily need another running back, but again, him over West Hills, I'll gladly take him and give him a shot and see what he can do. And you never know, just with injuries, especially with the the Lions running backs that they have, who a couple of them are could probably be labeled injury prone. So it never hurts to have depth of the position. Yeah. Hey, before I throw it to Grifka, have you ever played the back nine over at West Hills? It's incredible. <laughs> no, I haven't. Is that a real course? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it sounds like it. I mean, we made up yeah, about ten. Sure? Yeah. We made about ten things that that West Hills could be on one of our shows. It was tremendous. So, uh, one of our favorite players is no longer with us. We don't know if it's a player, a golf course, a place where you can get a sunset. Um, we, we don't know what's going on with West Hills. Uh, no longer with the Lions. So, Grifka, I know you're sad. What do you got to ask Logan? What's your first question? Well, speaking of running backs, and you said uh, Williams is, uh, has a little more juice and stuff than what Bo Scarborough can do. Let's do this. Uh, are there any other position battles in camp that you're really interested in, in watching? Oh, yeah. I think the first one is that guard spot because I think Joe Dahl uh, is looking like he's probably going to be one of the starters. But then the other starter, uh, Graham Glasgow's old spots, uh, you know, the Lions drafted Jonah Jackson for a reason. They traded up to get him. But with a rookie, you, n- you never really know what you're going to get. So the Lions have a couple of veterans, uh, most notably uh, Kenny Wiggins, who has been around the team for a couple years now. And he was in that rotation at guards last year. Ode Obushi is another guy who has veteran experience. 
and Logan Stenberg, I think, is more of a developmental type at this time. You know, the other rookie taken right after Jackson. But uh, that's that's the position I'm watching the most. Um, and then even that – so I actually released an article today just at the fullback position with Nick Bodden. But um, kind of – I might be a misnomer, but Isaac Nada is labeled tight end. But I think he's more of an H-back. And you look at what he did last year – after bottom went down, they called Isaac Nada up and he only played six of his offensive snaps at tight ends. And the rest of them, he played a total of 41 offensive snaps and the rest of them came either in the backfield or out wide. So I think he's just a little bit more versatile. Um, So I don't know if Daryl Bevel feels the need to keep a fullback on the roster. They already have a couple fullbacks and Bodden and Sellers an undrafted rookie free agent. And I just think that fullback position, it might be, I, I, would say it's going to be tough for the lions to just go no fullbacks but if they think that isaac nada can be an h back and bevel was obviously fine with that at the end of last year not having a fullback on the roster i think that's kind of an underrated position battle and there's there's quite a few position battles on defense that um i think there's just going to be a lot of rotating in and out on defense so you can call them position battles if you want to label one guy a starter but i think plenty of guys are going to get their time on defense yeah, that's kind of what I was looking as well. I know I was more interested in seeing what they were going to do with like uh, Tavai and you know Davis. I know it's like they didn't pick up the fifth year option on Davis and Tavai was kind of penciling them as the starting middle linebacker. But I mean, you know, we all seen Davis has done a lot of work this off season trying to improve his game and you know get bigger. So I think that's going to be one of the position battles that'll be pretty interesting. I still don't really believe in Davis, and I'm not the biggest fan of Tavai either, but it'll still be interesting to see how that all works out. If you're going to look for a guy, I think Tavai has more natural ability, but once again, I like Davis's speed a little more on that. Yeah. And Davis again, yeah, you can't, you look at his film and there's a lot, there's definitely some signs that, you know, he could be something great, but I just don't think he's a great fit in this defense considering what, Patricia asks his linebackers to do where it's just, you know, kind of plugging gaps, taking on blocks and shedding. Whereas Davis to me is still very much a run and chase type of player. And Tavai is that prototypical Matt Patricia linebacker. Who's just big. He doesn't have a ton of range, but he has good instincts. So he, I think he plays a little faster, but you see him take on guards. And sometimes it's just like, he has no issues getting stacking and shedding these guards and getting to the ball carrier. And you just don't see that too often with Davis. So it's going to be interesting. I think that linebacker group as a whole, they have a lot of guys that are just going to be switching around, even playing down at the Jack backer spot and moving to Mike or moving to will. Uh, if they go to three, four looks, I think, you know, a lot of their linebackers that they have all can play on the edge. Um, even you look at the top linebackers that they have on the roster right now, and they have, five of the top 25 linebackers last year who you know had the highest percentage of rushing the passer on their pass play so they got guys that can get after the quarterback not necessarily great but they can be schemed up and manufactured pressured and you saw that even last year with Jamie Collins while he was in New England uh he's I wouldn't even really label him an edge rusher even though he can play on the edge all the sacks uh, none of them came against an offensive tackle last year, and he had seven of them. A lot of them were schemed up, and I think that's what Matt Patricia is going to have to do with all their linebackers, not just Collins. If he wants to get pressure on the quarterback, I don't think the Lions necessarily have the horses up front that 
that are just going to win one-on-one battles consistently and are just a true threat. They have to scheme up pressure on the quarterback. So it's, yeah, the linebacker position is really interesting. I know after two days of practice, you kind of get a feel for what guys are lining up, but again, they're just, they're all over the place and they're switching groups and lining up on the edge, lining off the ball. And I don't know if we're necessarily going to know exactly who the starter is going to be uh, until the season actually starts. And you might see, a lot of, you know, playing time from even the backups. Yeah, that's a uh, good stuff. Good stuff. I really like that uh, analysis there. Uh, Derek, what you got now? Grifka, I'm, I'm going to get to my question, but normally we got Logan on and you go into your politician mode where you like take the, your players you hate the most and try to like <laughs> walk the fence. Like tell, tell Logan what you really think about Jared Davis. You think he's not that. Uh... He's not that great. He's probably <laughs> the fastest <laughs> linebacker they got, but I think he takes crappy angles and I, I don't think he can uh, cover anybody, but uh, well, the guy's like worked hard to try to improve his game. So I would like to see him do a little more. I mean, it'd be just a total waste of a first round pick, which I would, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of, but if you can't, like said, just, his, you can't really argue those points though. Good. Yeah. Like I, I agree with you there. And that's why that's the frustrating part with Jared Davis. Cause he is, you just see him, have so much athletic potential and just, you know, he's a jacked linebacker and uh, he can really be all over the field, but it's just those angles. And it's almost just like the instincts aren't quite there. And I don't know if it's for this defense specifically, but we even saw it when he was in the four three, those issues still reared up every now and then. So it is, it's, it's tough because he's a talented guy that just hasn't been able to put it together. Yeah. And it's like, we brought it up before I, Derek, (laughs) Derek mentioned it after he tweeted us there. Damn. Jared Davis tweeted his photo of him being all ripped. And I'm like, well, we're not selling jeans here. We're trying to play football. So <laughs> nice job, Jared Davis. <laughs> oh, Gripko, be- before I get to my next question, when you say Jared Davis can't cover, what's what's another thing you might say on the show often that would, that would mean the same thing? <laughs> he can't cover a coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Same old bit, Logan, every week with this guy. All right, he- here's a question for you. So defensive tackle uh, group. You know, I've always been a guy that says – you know, yeah, defensive tackles are important. You hear a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, you got to have these beasts at defensive tackle. They're the closest to the quarterback. When I'm building my team, I'm definitely going defensive ends, corners, you know, on offense. I'm willing to spend on quarterback, you know, even wideouts and stuff like that before I get to, you know, drafting or paying defensive tackles. But it feels like the Lions have a unique mix right now that I don't know if it's going to be – doable or if it's going to be disappointing. So we've got Danny Shelton. He's a big body in there. You know, uh, the, the the guy I've got circled and I want to ask you about is Nick Williams. I mean, I've seen a picture of him recently. He looks like a mountain of a man, just an absolute beast. I mean, he had what, six, eight sacks with Chicago last year. Before that, you never heard anything really from this guy. He seems like a really good guy off the field from all the interviews I've seen from him. What's your thought first and foremost on Nick Williams as a football player? And then what's your confidence level with their interior players? Yeah. So first I think Nick Williams, he's an upgrade in the pass rushing department from what the lions had last year in Ashawn Robinson. He does have some decent bursts for his size and yeah, you saw the sack production last year in Chicago. Now they have a little bit different defensive line where their offensive linemen are often worried about other players along that line, but you know, all, all reports and especially in day one of training camp, it sounded like Nick Williams showed up and was having some really good reps. So I'm, 
I'm hopeful that uh, he can live up to his contract. And I do think, like I said, I think he's going to be an upgrade in the pass rush department, which is important for the Lions because that's what they need. Uh, but he can also play against the run a little bit too and has versatility. So I think he fits the scheme well, hence the reason why Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia signed him. Uh, as a whole, though, I, I'm not a big fan of their defensive tackles. I think Danny Shelton is a nice nose tackle. I was happy they signed him, especially at the price point they got him for. But behind that, we just have a lot of unknowns. John Penasini, the sixth-round pick this year, he is just purely a run stuffer as well, uh, can hold his ground at the point of attack. But uh, if you're looking for true pass rushers, I guess Deshaun Hand is probably going to have to really stay healthy this year if they want some more interior pressure. And I guess it's important to note that Trey Flowers and Julian Aquara, or Romeo Aquara, I mean, uh, they can move inside as well on pass downs and have guys like Julian Aquara on the outside and maybe even Jamie Collins or something like that. But I, I'm still very skeptical of where this pass rush is going to come from if Patricia can't scheme up pressure. Yeah, the way you mentioned it, I mean, it's like two bodies inside and then like Deshaun Hand, you can call inside. But I mean, a lot of times it feels like he's more of a flex player that can move around. So I would think he, him and Shelton would have to be in there with with Nick Williams. And then and then who? You know what I mean? So I think it's a thin position. I, I don't think it's the most important set of uh, players on the team. But I, I think you still need more than two to three bodies to kind of get you through an NFL season and pass rush as well, stop the run and do all the different things they want to do. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I'm going to keep my eye on it. Uh, Grifka, what else you got? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, yeah, with uh, no preseason games and um, very limited to no you know, off-season work, um, do you believe that the offense early in the season will have to carry the defense or do you think the defense will kind of be up to snuff because the line signed players that pretty much fit the scheme and know how Matt Patricia coaches? And do you think they kind of be on par with the offense or do you think maybe the defense may have to carry the offense, you know, early in the season? Yeah. So looking at the first eight games with Matt Stafford last year, he definitely carried the team. And I think that's probably going to be the case this year as well uh the defense they signed a few players you know like the jamie collins i think he's going to be vitally important to the defense and is going to be a guy that they've they haven't had in their linebacking core that's going to be just super important so i you know you hope that signing pays off and then you look at the secondary and the defense as well a lot of new guys desmond trufant you know what how much you're going to get out of him and what 
are you, is he going to stay healthy? Are you going to get an old Desmond Trufant or, you know, the one who's been falling off a little bit, even though he did have, he had a good season last year uh, with four interceptions, but Deron Harmon, I really like, I think that's an upgrade at the free safety position. It's a guy that I don't think they've had a true free safety like that in a long time um, since, you know, Glover Quinn probably obviously, and he didn't do very well in Patricia's scheme. And that was, might've been because of his age too, and just natural decline. But I just think the offense, you know, all the playmakers are back. They seem to be clicking in training camp or, you know, picking up right where they left off. If they have that deep passing attack going and they can just find some semblance of a running game, I think the offense, and even if they don't find a running game, I still think the passing game is going to be able to carry this team. And that's been the case for seemingly in Stafford's entire career outside of maybe one year where the Lions had a really solid defense, but there's just, I, I think there's just so many question marks on the defensive side of the ball. And yes, they added new players and they swapped out players, but they also lost a lot of players. So to me, the, the defense, if there's a lot of question marks more often than not, not every single new player, or every single draft pick is going to just come in and, you know, light the world on fire. There's, there's going to be a learning curve, but I think I do like how you mentioned they got a lot of guys that are familiar with the defensive scheme that Patricia runs. So that's, they got that going for them. But even if they are on level playing fields as the defense and the offense both know the scheme well, I would still give the advantage to the offense. Yeah, um, I have to agree with you on that. I still think, uh, you know, at least probably, like I said, the first half of the season, maybe even a few games into the second half of the season, the offense is going to probably just have to outscore the other team. And um, the defense, they're going to play. I think they're going to be better. But I don't, I don't envision these guys, you know, like the old Baltimore Ravens or the old Pittsburgh Steelers or anything like that. So I think the offense is really going to have to throw up some points um, to kind of cover for the defense. Yeah, no, I, I agree there. The offense is going to have to really take hold of the games and the defense just has to do enough, you know, to slow opponents down. And that's, again, I think a lot of it is due to scheme, though. Uh, Matt Patricia is known for bending but not breaking and they broke a lot last year even when they were bending it although on a positive note I guess you could look at the beginning of the season the Lions did hold some really good quarterbacks to some of their worst games of the season so it's just I don't I don't know what we're going to get on defense but I don't think there's going to be some massive jump from one of the worst defenses in the league to one of the best I think the the ceiling for this defense is probably you know middle of the road um Derek, can I just do a quick follow-up on that really quick? you mind? Go ahead, sir. Okay. Uh, speaking of that, with you know, like you mentioned last year, they held some quarterbacks to like some of their worst games. You know, looking at the schedule this year just from far, is there maybe like one of those games where the Lions, you know, kind of give the blueprint to the rest of the NFL on how to defeat, like said good team, like last year was Kansas City, a couple years ago it was the Rams. You know, even though they lost those games close, do you think there's maybe a game this year that, it seems like this team is far and above what Detroit should be, but Detroit plays them close, maybe even pulls out a victory. Um, so it's funny is they always say the Lions give the blueprint, but the Lions pretty much play the same defense, I feel like, every <laughs> week. Or it's just drop a lot of guys back into coverage and make these good quarterbacks throw into tight windows. And if the Lions can hold up in coverage, they do well. But if I had to pick one game, maybe it would be the Saints, you know, Drew Brees still a good quarterback, but he's getting up there in age. He might not be the same player that he once was. And for whatever reason, the lions and saints, they always play each other tough. And 
Um, so I think maybe the saints with that high powered offense, the lions could potentially slow them down. But again, I'm not going to say lock it in. <laughs> the lions are going to shut down the saints, but I think they can at least give them a run for their money. Okay. okay. Uh, Derek, what you got next? Griff guy, I missed about three bells. Uh, you snuck in like the steel curtain Pittsburgh. So there's one for that. Nor- normally when you follow up with a question, what, what would you normally deem that on the show? You have to piggy. I have to piggyback it, of course. <laughs> that's my that's my new favorite Griffkaism. He piggybacks on everything he ever mentions on the show. <laughs> but th- thank you for getting me back in here. I fell asleep over here on this end. But uh, Logan, uh, my next question, I mean, I know we've been uh, excited because we've had practice going on. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. So I want to talk about a guy that's been out there starting. I mean, he's he's in year two. I don't know if you've heard of him before. His name is A.O. Oh, baby. Uh, this guy <laughs> is uh, was a product coming out of Penn State. This was a player that I loved in college. I, I got to watch him doing pro football focus. And this guy is – he would just sit out there and, like, literally – He'd man up. He's so long that he could just play off a little bit. I mean, I really liked his game. He didn't get much run last year. You weren't hearing much about him. Then he started to turn it up. He got some opportunities late, made a few plays on the football, seemed to really do well. Coming into year two here, I mean, they got him, uh, you know, I realize it's only practice. We're talking about practice. But they got him over Jeff Okuda. Like, what is the ceiling for AO? Like, I'm not freaking out about Jeff Okuda. The Lions do this every freaking year where they're like, oh, got to bring him along slow. Grifka, what is probably one of the hardest positions to learn? Cornerback. They say that about every spot. Um, They're bringing him along slow. But AO, I'm curious what you think his ceiling is. And and can this guy be a really uh, a ball player, a number two corner once Okuda really gets up and rolling? Could this be a combo for, like, the next – Gosh, give them at least five years together. I mean, could that happen? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's well documented. I was a big fan of RORA coming out of school, and I would have been fine taking him in the second round. And somehow the entire NFL uh, viewed him differently. So I, I'm happy oh, to see him. baby! <laughs> I'm more than happy to see him getting a chance. And I think it shows a lot that the coaching staff feels like he should be considered a starter because last year they really slow rolled him. And then when he did get his opportunities, he made some really nice plays on the ball and show that he was a playmaker and he did have plenty of growing pains as well, where it just seemed like he was lost in coverage. And if he can clean some of that up and continue making plays, I think he's going to be a really solid cornerback. So it's nice that, you know, they don't have a guy like Daryl Roberts and, even Mike Ford to a lesser extent, you know, he's another young guy who I wouldn't be too upset with if he was getting stars. Cause it means they have confidence in him. But I think it's a big boost for RORA's confidence that they're having him out there with the ones and they're making Okuda who work for it. They're not just going to give him the starting role. And, you know, it's just two days into Okuda's NFL season, but from the sounds of it, it still seems like he's very much a rookie and still learning things. So if, RORA can step up and even beat Akuda for the job. Hey, that's, I wouldn't say it's great because that means Akuda's probably not doing too well, but I do think it's a good thing that uh, RORA has maybe improved from his rookie year to his second year where he can be a starting cornerback in the NFL. And Akuda, 
it allows him a little bit more time to get up to speed and just make sure that uh, they put him out on the field when he's ready. Logan, um, very impressive analysis. Uh, also, I, I've got two words that kind of describe your pronunciation multiple times of AO's last name. It's simply this. Oh, baby. <laughs> very impressive, sir. <laughs> and uh, I think if AO can play really good this year, I mean, a lot of Detroit Lions fans will be in saying uh, that that drop and maybe something like this as well if he's out there playing good at corner. <laughs> Woo! Grifka, I've got no piggybacks. I've got no follow-ups. I've got nothing at this point. I'd like to kick it to you, sir, for another tremendous question from you to Logan. Go ahead. I appreciate that. Um, with uh, you mentioned it before, the Lions seem a little, you know, a little light at defensive tackle. Derek mentioned it, you know, earlier in the show how it still seems like they don't have that pass rusher. Is uh, do you think the Lions may sign a like at least some sort of big name or some sort of name player before the end of training camp, before the season starts, or, you know, maybe still, you know, bring those guys in off the street on Tuesdays to check them out. And when they get signed, uh, all the fans are like, who's this guy, you know, you think they'll bring yeah. in that big name player that everybody's hoping they bring in. Uh, probably not. <laughs> it what, to say it cause like, like Everson Griffin, days. maybe gosh, I'll might. Yeah. Jeez. For $6 million. And who knows if he even would have signed in Detroit for $6 million. But just on a one-year deal, it's yes, the salary cap is decreasing next year. And you want to take as much salary cap with you as you can into 2021. But this is a must-win season for Bob Quinn. And I just feel like he's sitting on some extra cash right now in a season where it's, you know, it's almost his career on the line here. I'm sure he'll have another job outside of Detroit if you know, he were to be let go, but Patriots. Uh, it just seems like they're playing it very conservative on the defensive line. And I, don't, I mentioned it earlier. I just want a player that can win one-on-one matchups consistently if they're given the opportunity. So I, I just don't see that from the interior defensive line outside of Deshaun hand. And, you know, he, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So I, how reliable is he? So I, I don't know. I really wish that I could say, I felt like the lions were going to sign, a bigger name that can get to the quarterback, but it just doesn't seem like they're interested for whatever reason at this point. Do you think maybe some of that's just maybe a player doesn't want to come here. They are looking for that, you know, that name team that I guess uh, fans think have a better chance of, you know, making the Super Bowl because it seems like right now the Lions don't have that. Um, Or do you think uh, maybe it is money? Do you think maybe they're just not offering enough? I think it's very possible that the Lions might have to pay more, you know, than other destinations and places where, you know, maybe they have some better weather or no state income tax or there's a chance to make the Super Bowl on their team. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's the reality with Detroit is you're not going to get too many guys that are going to give discounts just to be on this Lions team at this point in time. So I don't know. That's, that's all speculation, but it would make sense if, couple of the bigger name players or maybe have a higher price tag in Detroit than they would elsewhere. Hey, Derek, would you be happy if they signed a big name player, a little higher price than uh, what you'd be willing to pay? <laughs> oh my goodness. Classic Grifka bit saying why nobody wants to come to Detroit. Uh, you're just, you're just loading them up this week, but uh, I mean, you know me, like I'm, I, I want to be fiscally responsible, but 
Yeah, like Logan said, I mean, either pay Kenny, let's get uh, a great left tackle like Taylor Decker extended right Grifka, or let's go get somebody to help us with pass rush. I mean, this just makes no sense to me why he just like not willing to take a swing. This is year five or whatever for this guy. And every I've come on the show multiple years now saying, hey, uh, you know, might be time to take a swing, might be time to go like actually take a take a flyer on a guy to, to get us up over the top and he just doesn't want to do it. So I still like this football team and this is going to be the team that we have, but I mean, gosh, there's been opportunities to go get a player uh, for a nominal price. And instead he just isn't willing to do it. So I don't, I don't understand. Uh, before I to get too hot and bothered, uh, I've got two about the receivers here, Logan, before we get you up out of here, we appreciate your time again. Uh, just a, Quick plug for Logan, uh, as we said off the top, uh, Sports Illustrated, All Lions. Please go check out his content. He's always writing good articles. You'll see him doing uh, other creative stuff with them. Maybe it's a panel. Maybe it's an interview. Maybe it's some other creative piece. So they're doing lots of good stuff over there. We just appreciate him coming on once a month and uh, sharing his insight. Obviously, he has great takes on on all things Lions. Uh, hence the name All Lions over there at Sports Illustrated. But uh, definitely go check out what he's doing and, and support all the stuff he's putting out there. But, uh, Logan, the two I have on receivers is is Marvin Jones. Uh, to me, I mean, this guy's in phenomenal shape. He's been great here in Detroit. I mean, I think he's just uh, getting to that 30-year-old range. I'm not a guy that likes to, you know, invest in guys as they start getting up there. I think he's he's more than outplayed his contract. But, Every practice, you see this guy scoring touchdowns or making plays. I mean, is Marvin Jones still a bit of a sleeper on this team that doesn't really get the respect maybe he deserves and would he even maybe be a candidate to maybe stay here, even though almost everybody, you know, that knows the game has him heading out of Detroit after this year? And then I just need to combo this because I, I don't know if you've settled this on the show. I feel like I might have asked you before, but it's a weekly argument between me and Grifka about Kenny Galladay. I mean, this is a guy that I called out way before he was good. Now the guy's blowing up. Now Grifka acts like, oh, it's his favorite player. He knew he's going to be good. But we argue over the contract. Like, here we are. Kenny said the other day he hopes it gets done. He hopes something happens. I'm not willing to go, you know, top eight top 10 even money at at receiver because I just don't think he's there I and in the numbers I see people are putting him in the top five or or better in regards to wide receiver money Grifka just wants to pay him anything because he's got a he's got an endless budget in in the world of Grifka I'm sitting here going hey if you're the 12th best receiver I'm trying to slot you at that range I'm not paying you top five money when you're top 12 at, at the position I love his game I love his personality but Will you settle this once and for all? Kenny's contract, and what do you think about Marv this year? Yeah, so first I'll hit on Kenny Galladay's contract, and I think in most years when you you know the salary cap's going to increase, I wouldn't really hesitate too much giving him right around that top five salary range because you know other receivers are going to be making more money than him with their new contracts they signed. But if with the salary cap not increasing or just – you know, taking the blunt of the money lost this year and years on, like that's, I don't know how you're going to be able to necessarily pay a guy with assumed inflation when there is going to be no inflation. So it's right now, I don't think, I think Kenny Galladay is right around a fringe top 10 receiver. I think he does things like catching the ball, you know, against in contested situations. I think he's one of the top in the league. There's not too many better 
at contested catches than Kenny Galladay in my mind. Um, he can make clutch plays. There's a lot of things he does really well, but there's also other things he struggles with. And one of them is creating separation. So you, you see a lot of tight window throws that Matthew Stafford has to throw. And uh, there's just, uh, there are quite a few games where Kenny Galladay disappears a little bit. And maybe that's part of the scheme uh, where the Lions spread the ball around quite a bit, or maybe it's Stafford. But yeah, for, for me, you know, looking at Julio Jones, $22 million a year, you know, I think that's out of the question. And even, you know, $20 million a year, I think that's steep. So I, I'm also a big proponent that you look at all the Super Bowl winning teams and they don't have these big, big time, big salary contract receivers. And Tyree Kill last year, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, Tyree Kill has a big contract. Well, last year was the last year of his rookie deal where he was only making $2 million a year. So you look at all the, the names on the Super Bowl winning teams before that, like the last 10 years, they, none of these big time receivers have won Super Bowls. And I, I think really wide receiver is one of the more overpaid positions. So that's where I struggle because I don't want to lose Kenny, but at the same time you can't overpay for him. And especially if the salary cap's not decreasing um, real quick on Marvin Jones, I do think if they pay Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones is likely gone unless he would be willing to give a hometown discount. Uh, I do think he's outplayed his contract and he's been great for the lions. Uh, he does a lot of things similar to what Kenny Galladay does in terms of how he wins and just with that body control and being able to pluck the ball of the air with strong hands and winning contested catches. But uh, you just see so many receivers coming to the league now too. I don't, you kind of feel like every year, you know, all the draft analysts are saying, Oh, this is the best <laughs> group of receivers we've seen in a long time. I feel like they say that every year. And I think that's just because that's kind of the way of the college game is just producing a lot of really great, wide receiver talent and it's a lot cheaper so I I don't think you can keep both Galladay and Jones and I'm even a little bit hesitant hesitant with Galladay um despite him being such a great homegrown receiver uh I still think I hope they get the deal done but I just don't I hope it's nothing just ridiculous like you know I, I really hope it's right around you know that 16 to 17 million dollar range and it'll probably be more than that but that's what I'm hoping for yeah, I, I think you tackled it well. I think you covered your base as well, where you kind of agreed with Grifka, you're willing to pay him top five, then you came back and agreed with me that, you know, maybe you shouldn't based on the current uh, circumstances. So, yeah, I think it's going to be touch and go. I think he's a great player. I think there's lots of reasons to ink him up, but um, it's just going to be a tough call, you know, where he goes. He's only been making a million, a couple million bucks, so to, to put him up at 15 is a really good raise and I think slots him more of, of where he's going to be instead of going uh, 17, 18 plus it's going to be tough. So Grifka, I know you probably got about 8 million other great questions for Logan, but I think we got to get him up out of here. So, um, Logan, like I said, I, I, I pubbed your, your SI all lions. I mean, a, anything else, uh, special, or they can definitely find you on Twitter at, uh, L Lamarandier. Uh, you're always uh, putting out great stuff on there as well. I know. Yeah. And like I always say, Twitter is probably the best spot to find me. I do have a Facebook page, uh, same name. And, um, even on Instagram as well, where I try to post, you know, a lot of stats that I find that, similar to what's on Twitter, but I'm definitely most engaged on Twitter and um, will always be more than willing to talk football. So uh, I, I appreciate you guys having me on go to SI all lions. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I appreciate it guys. 
Thank you, uh, Grifka. Good stuff today. Uh, Logan's a busy man. We got to get him up out of here, but we always appreciate his time. Logan, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Lions are playing football. They're in pads. They're at practice. Drink it in, man. We'll catch you Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This game is over. Drink it in, man.